The house on Lyons Street had everything we needed. It had space, space upstairs for the two girls who still lived with us while they finished up their schooling. Downstairs we had a nice large living room and dining room, big kitchen and eating area in the back, two bedrooms down. I had one room for myself as an office, then a bedroom, basement for the laundry, two-car garage, and a beautiful front porch. We enjoyed sitting on the front porch. Nice breezes would come, and it was on the east side of the house, so that late in the day when the sun was behind us, we could sit in the shade and enjoy it. One summer, Diane hung a pot of flowers from the facade of the porch. It wasn't long until a mother robin found a beautiful nesting spot amongst the flowers. And we watched day after day as the mother robin would sit there and then finally when the eggs hatched and the little robins were there and the care that this mother robin took over her little ones and then suddenly they were gone. Never saw them again. Believe it or not, that picture describes how God began creation. For we read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the following description. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. At the start of creation, it was formless, didn't have shape, uninhabited, nothing living upon the waters and the land that God had created, empty and dark. And then it says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. That completely dispels many of the common myths and errors regarding creation. Not supermagnetism. Not a mighty violet wind. A cosmic eruption. Not a big bang. Not a force. It says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Now we know what a spirit is. We have a notion of a spirit. and A lot of times we will describe animals as being a spirited dog or a spirited horse. Because they kind of have a, an excitement about them, a, a vibrancy about the way they 
go about their lives. And, and we even describe ourselves sometimes dispirited on one hand, being kind of down in the dumps, so to speak. Or another person is being very spirited. That doesn't describe the words used here by the Holy Spirit to describe the Spirit of God. Here it means a person. And in fact, throughout Scripture, whenever you encounter the phrase, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, and it occurs throughout Scripture, on every occasion when it says the Spirit of God, it refers to a person, not a force, but a person. And we find that person intricately included in the description of God. We looked a few weeks ago at the word here used for God and identified it as a plural word. Not singular, but plural. God in the plurality. And as Scripture progressively reveals to us the nature of God, we realize that God exists in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. On this occasion, we find the initial reference, identification of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And that word literally means the breath of God. So we have the Spirit of God identified here, and it describes him as doing something, hovering. You know what hovering means. You don't like people to hover. You don't like people to hover. You know, to stand right there. You're working in the kitchen or you're working at a task and someone just comes just kind of hovers there. And how often did we tell our kids, quit hovering. <laughs> go, go do something. Don't hover. So we have kind of a notion of, of this meaning of hovering. But in this instance, what it literally describes is a bird fluttering and hovering over a nest nurturing and caring for the eggs and then the, the product of the hatching of the eggs the little ones the spirit of God fluttering like a bird over the waters that God had created nurturing them beginning to give some initial life and substance to that which God had created and described as formless and empty. We see the totality of the three persons involved in creation. God the Father... We've looked several times at the phrase in the Gospel of John, how the Lord Jesus was identified as participating in creation. And now we see the Holy Spirit hovering, fluttering, if you will, like a bird over God's initial creation. 
the waters. At first glance and at first thought, you might say, how on earth does this have anything to do with Jesus? Because you have told us, I have told you on many occasions, how everything in Scripture, in some fashion, leads us and points us to Jesus. How can this somehow lead us to Jesus? We find when John the Baptist baptized the Lord Jesus in the waters, what happened to him when he came up out of the waters? The Spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove, a bird. The breath of God coming upon the Lord Jesus as a man in the form of a we find the Lord Jesus also described as the life giving spirit in 1 Corinthians so we see the connection between the spirit of God and the Lord Jesus first of all identified as a dove And then identified as the life-giving spirit. Possessing the spirit of God. And through the ministry of the spirit of God in him. Bringing forth life. Just as a little side note. John the Baptist could properly identify Jesus as the promised Messiah. Because God had told him when you see the Spirit of God coming down upon him in the form of a dove, you will know that's the one. So here we find the combination once again coming into the life of the Lord Jesus. And then we read also, as we examine in the New Testament further, in John chapter 3, As Jesus spoke with um, the high priest who had come to him by midnight and wanting to ask him some questions, Jesus presented to him, unless a man be born from above or be born again, he will not see or understand the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to explain that explanation that description that he had given to the high priest. And he says, think of it this way. It's like a wind. It's like a wind. The wind of the Spirit. We don't see the wind, even in our day. We don't see the wind. We hear it. And we see its effects. The the trees will sway and and the leaves will flutter and So we know that the wind has come, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with every man who is born of the Spirit. And we see the bringing together here, this description, starting from 
Genesis chapter 1 verse number 2 of the Spirit of God fluttering, the breath of God fluttering. We see the Spirit of God coming like a wind. The breath of God coming and imparting new life. And then we also read of the description in Acts chapter 2 of the fulfilling of the promise of the Lord Jesus who had prayed that the Father would send the Spirit to come and indwell his followers. And it's described in Acts chapter 2 verse number 1 as a rushing mighty wind. And the Spirit of God came and indwelt them. So we see that which began at the very start of creation, of the breath of God, and the symbolism of a bird combining together in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus and of the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who follow Christ. What can we conclude from these simple series of thoughts? God has revealed himself to us. He's revealed to himself to us in common everyday language and pictures. We all see birds. We all feel the effects of wind and even of breath. Our very lives depend upon breath. And God has chosen to reveal himself in ways that we cannot miss. Simple, everyday pictures and language. It began at creation and it continues through to our day. And we see the intermixing of these pictures in the life of the Lord Jesus and in the lives of those of us who follow Christ of the breath of the Spirit of God coming upon us and even indwelling us. Therefore, therefore, how do we respond to these truths? How do they fit us They fit us in very real and tangible ways. They cause us to give thanks unto God for his revelation to us of himself. They cause us to value him and recognize his his worth. As the scriptures say, he truly is worthy of our praise and our worship, and our honor. He deserves our obedience. He has earned our trust and our confidence. And when he tells us that we need to trust upon his provision for us in the Lord Jesus, we need to do that. We need to follow him. And when he calls us to himself we need to respond to him and follow him well where is the spirit of God the breath of God 
opened your eyes today to see how these truths apply to your life. I pray that he has opened your eyes to see God in a more clear fashion. A new fashion. Confirmed an old fashion. Solidified in your mind and heart the truth of God's word. Brought encouragement and comfort to you. To continue to believe and to trust. And to call upon him. And to trust his provision for you and for me. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you today for your grace and your mercy in revealing yourself to us with common, everyday pictures that we understand. And in the clear way that we have seen mother birds provide for their young we can understand that you in a similar fashion provide care for us by your Holy Spirit and I pray that you will encourage us to trust you in the midst of confusion in the midst of our day when all things about us seem to crumble And the familiar and the things that we have trusted in the past no longer prove true. We can trust you. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will work in us that faith to believe and trust in the one who deserves our faith and trust. The Lord Jesus, your Son. And we'll thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for what you accomplish in our lives. Amen.